Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Welcome to it. Great to be with you on a Friday. It's Hale Varsity Radio presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal, ready to talk a ton of ball with you today. Husker Volleyball doing their thing last night, not last night, late into the evening and early morning as they are set for a national championship. A big time get for Nebraska football. The coldest, Crawford. Up from Louisiana, committing this morning to Nebraska football and coach Mickey Joseph. And we'll have some thoughts from Fred Hoiberg on the week that's been. Numbers to get in, 466-3776-466-3776-800-825-5865. can uh, find us on Twitter. Give us a follow at Schmidt underscore radio, Chris Schmidt, at Herbal Essence for Elijah Herbal. And can always email Chris at HaleVarsity.com. Pretty fun rivalry tonight on ESPN. Lincoln's Airwaves boys basketball will tip around 730 with Lincoln Southeast hosting Lincoln Southwest. On the show coming up live from Columbus at the Final Four, Jacob Padilla from HaleVarsity.com and Magazine. We'll check in with the pride of Fairbury. NBC Sports' Bill Dolman. Parker Gabriel checks in with us to talk some Nebraska football, put a bow on signing week. And uh, the forecast with Clasburn, the bowl extravaganza. Elijah, you fired up. Did you make it? Well, of course you made it. You're young and you, uh, you're resilient. Uh, I... Saw the first set. I figured I was over at Coach Brett's place and in St. Nick's house. I figured I was kind of the problem. So I, I left a, a crowded uh, watch party as part of the bad luck reason that Nebraska dropped their first set to Pitt. Uh, came back home, watched the end of the Chiefs game, tuned into volleyball, woke up with the mass team huddle on my TV screen and Nebraska on to another national championship. What did you do for it last night? I was uh, just sitting at my house with some friends watching, flipping between uh, Thursday night football and Husker volleyball for that first set and then flipping exclusively over to, uh, to Husker volleyball towards uh, the end of that second set, I think it was. Uh, so watched the full volleyball game, watched the full football game, even caught an episode of Master Chef after the volleyball game. So it was a full night for me. <laughs> Master, what were they making? What was the Master Chef making? They were making donuts, so it went well for some people and really, really terribly. This one, this one poor girl uh, accidentally put salt in her donuts instead of sugar. I was just a, a complete, a complete f up on her part, and uh, it, it almost, it almost got her sent home. She was luckily able to, to stay in another round, but it, it was a good episode of uh, Master Chef. Well, leaving home is Dakota's Crawford. His uh, ceremony this morning at ten o'clock, and uh, this is is big. I know he's a, a four star wideout, six one. 
about 190. Uh, I know his junior year was, was not as productive as his senior. As uh, should say his senior year was not as productive as his junior year. He's been committed to Nebraska since 2019, and it really kind of came down to to Nebraska and Texas. Florida was in there as well. The coaching change opened the door up, Elijah, uh, with Mickey Joseph making his way to, to Lincoln. And the kid out of Shreveport's super talented. Watching a little bit of his film, uh, what impressed me is just a couple of things. One, just his his ability to go zero to 60. You hear about it a lot, right? When can a kid, when can a player, when can an athlete achieve top speed? And what you saw with Taylor Martinez at Nebraska by about step three or so on a zone read, uh, Taylor was gone. Uh, the thing that with, with Crawford that's impressive is his ability to change speeds and then accelerate. Saw a few of his kick returns, but mainly the way he's able to just kind of glide and get by defenders with some of his huddle film and, and great footwork along the sideline. Wonderful work to, to locate those 50-50 balls, uh, the back shoulder throw, and then just to go split a double team up the seam and get vertical uh, out of Green Oaks High School. Uh, a number of top programs, Auburn and Baylor also knocking on that door. Houston and Cincy uh, was in on him. So it, it's a nice get, but it's a credibility get is, is how I circle this with uh, Nebraska and, and maybe what the future holds. You want to be a great uh, program, you get great players. Coach McBride always says, I look like one hell of a smart coach with some some great players. Obviously, you got to get them coached up and get them prepped. But Crawford's uh, addition is a win. Uh, Bruce Feldman tweeting about it. A lot of the national uh, recruiting analysts tweeting about it. They really like Crawford's game, and they're really impressed in short order Mickey Joseph able to make it happen for Nebraska with another standout talent from Louisiana. Nebraska's had good history down there from Neil Smith to Stan Morgan and Seathan Carter. Uh, now you, you can maybe kind of hit reset and, and start this all over again uh, with Mickey Joseph hitting the boot and uh, getting a big-time wideout. Nebraska, we'll get to the quarterback and portal topic here in a little bit, but uh, this is huge for Nebraska. And uh, really, it just touches on Mickey's ability to, to, to keep relationships. And I think he's going to be really special. He'll, he'll do the job coaching him, Elijah. But when it comes to, to just kind of looking him in the eye, being honest and telling him why Nebraska's right, uh, this is the first of potentially many for Nebraska to bring some talent up, up to the north. Yeah, and I'm excited to see what Mickey Joseph can do with Crawford because from watching his film, uh, what you said, I'm going to echo standing out. He, he gets from 0 to 60 very fast. And uh, on the flip side of things, he also gets from 60 to 0 very quick. He just seems very quick <laughs> in and out of his cuts. Uh, I, I think he could use a little bit of development uh, in the, the weight room to get some uh, some some more hops and a little bit more top end speed, but who doesn't need that coming from high school to college? There's very few people. Uh, he needs a little bit of that, but I'm excited to see what Mickey Joseph can do with him. Uh, who knows how much playing time he'll get early in his career, but I, I do know he's probably right at the top of the top names in Husker football history already, right? He is. I mean, you think of the all-name teams uh, with Nebraska football. I mean, Richie Incognito, his last name, despite his size, it was it was like the the big bouncer guy at your favorite bar being nicknamed Tiny, right? With Richie Incognito, uh, you know the coldest is, is absolutely all name team. I am hip. 
I am hip for sure is is in there. Thunder Collins, mm, good one, uh, right? I mean, Thunder was uh, he wasn't uh, a big burly back, but Thunder was Thunder, and and you know what, <laughs> the name still still resonates. Uh, that's that's kind of where I'm at. Uh, what what with- about okay? The thing is, is I think whenever Indomitian Sue came here, his name was at the top, but then he became so like. It's just Big Sue. He, yeah, yeah, exactly. He, he almost became bigger than his name where he couldn't just be like an all-name guy. But he would also, I think you have to include Indomitian Sue on the all-name team as well. Right, just because of how unique it is. And, and then you got the performance to back up the name. Mm-hmm. Let's uh, touch on uh, also Nebraska able to uh, add a second receiver today. Don't want to forget uh, the, the transfer. Uh, Nebraska hitting the portal again. Isaiah, Isaiah Garcia. Castaneda, the wideout from New Mexico State, he's a uh, God. He's he's uh, got a lot of lower body strength, and he's such a good little slot guy that can turn and burn. Uh, his film's been impressive. So Nebraska getting another guy, kind of over the middle or, or some of those out routes. Uh, another flyer with uh, Garcia Castaneda uh, from New Mexico State. Uh, that kid out of Colorado. Remember that uh that gave the the huskers fits i think he's playing for jacksonville uh this was 2018 2019 shoot lavisca chenault lavisca chenault i don't think i don't think i i don't think garcia castanada's thighs are as big as lavisca chenault but uh but but castanada's game kind of reminds me of chenault just being able to get open and then being physical after the catch yeah, and uh, I don't want to sit here and say uh, I'm overlooking him at all because of the Dakota's news, but that's where I have been centered. I, I know Steve Merrick's guy. We're going to have to get caught up with him because he's a guy who said uh, – well, tell me this guy's name again. Who? Uh, the, the New Mexico receiver. Oh, yeah, Isaiah Garcia Castaneda. Cost, that's it, Castaneda. Uh, Steve Merrick's the guy who's been in the bandwagon on him saying Nebraska should be getting him in here soon, so maybe next time we talk to Steve we'll get caught up with him. Uh, but I'm with you. He's kind of built in that uh, LaVisca Chenault, sure, but even almost Samari Toure where you're expecting uh, that this isn't a guy that Nebraska is bringing in to be a, a complete depth guy. You're expecting him to get on the field early, maybe not be a starter, maybe not be a top three guy, but a guy who's going to provide you depth pretty immediately and a guy who can come in and, and kind of do it all, coming off the bench at wide receiver and hopefully provide uh, some experience on uh, special teams as well. Let's switch gears and, and get some comments here from John Cook after a long night, a hard-fought victory. John Cook uh, in his post game last night, uh, wondering what time it is. Is it Friday yet? <laughs> yeah, it is 1 a.m. Is it, are you serious? Yeah. It's 1 o'clock in the morning? Oh, my gosh. 12 o'clock Husker time. Yeah, I'd like to know what the Husker Nation's doing right now. They are cheersing you still, <laughs> still. It's uh, it's midnight Husker time. Uh, more from John Cook about uh, some of the feedback he's been receiving. Apparently, John Cook's phone number has been published. My phone's blown up. I, I have no idea who these people are, or how they get my number, but just <laughs> how it inspires them and what it means to them. And, and uh, you know. They love this team. There's a there's a love affair with Nebraska volleyball and a love affair with this team. He is so right, and part of that is because of his greatness. Part of that is because of their greatness with Husker volleyball. And the other uh, part of this equation is y- y- you want something in Husker Nation to cheer about. Last spring and summer it was Will Bolt and obviously Husker volleyball. 
but it's been a it's been a tough go for basketball and football fans and you've always known uh, about Husker volleyball I think you've always appreciated Husker volleyball I just hope you've not taken for granted Husker volleyball and it's easy to do so because they make it look easy that's what greatness does wonderful column by Brandon Vogel with HaleVarsity.com. And, you know, the things that Nebraska does in volleyball, and Coach Cook touched on it uh, uh, last night in his post game about kind of a fourth-quarter football feel where you, you, you grind them down and you win in the fourth quarter, a la the 95 Orange Bowl against Miami. I think that's where his wheels were turning. But Nebraska volleyball is something that is – built on their culture, their execution, their training, their effort. I mean, there's a there's an insane standard where it's one thing to bring in a top recruiting class. It's another to get those freshmen ready for prime time. And you saw a case in point of it against Texas with some fresh freshman phenoms. But what's really cool about John Cook, and he's been doing this at an amazing level, is the ability to assemble said talent and get that talent to perform right you've got a perfect union of talent and coaching and elijah being coached up to a level in the biggest moments and voila you have a title run again for nebraska volleyball as a 10 seed as they're looking to be the only the second 10 seed to take down a national championship one more thought here from john cook and this was the, the post-game uh, video, the post-game locker room moments after Nebraska downed Pitt three sets to one. So we started off a little shaky today. Right? We forgot how to pass. Anyway, uh, resiliency and the grit we've been building all year. Uh, you guys hung in there, and like Tyler says, it's war of attrition. And they came out, and they played amazing first game. We hung in there, war of attrition, and look look at what happened in the end there. Sometimes it's a little ugly out there, and these and when you get to this point, but you just stay with it, go on the next play. You guys did a masterful job of that. Just your your focus on going on the next play and believing that we're going to win the next point. It just it's contagious. If you can feel it, the crowd senses it. You guys are doing an awesome job with that. So great work on that. Super job, and. Uh, we get another shot at our buddies. Yeah! Elijah, do not kid yourself. Despite the way the road has gone against Wisconsin, Nebraska wants the Badgers tomorrow night. They want a chance to deliver a message to Wisconsin. Despite, you know, 17 of the last 18 cents going Wisconsin's way, it's title time. Nebraska has them. Wisconsin doesn't. Yeah, and this is where Nebraska has thrived in the past. They have players in the team who have been there and done that. And guess what? I think Lauren Stiverance had a quote where she said, this team that we have right now is not the same team uh, from when we played Wisconsin a few weeks ago. And when that was perfectly evidenced by that game against Pitt last night. I think Nebraska, uh, during the regular season, may have turned over and folded over after Pitt came out so hot in the first set. 25-17, to 17, whatever Pitt wanted to do, they could do. But Nebraska didn't turn over now that they're in the postseason. They came back with a vengeance in the second set and completely shifted the momentum. And uh, really, they, they didn't look back after that first set. And that was where I saw 
change from regular season to postseason in Nebraska was how they fought back last night. I don't think this team always had that uh, as opposed to folding over, though. They, they made sure to come out and play their best volleyball for about the past hour of that one last night, despite how the first 20 minutes went. They're just confident. They're confident right now. I think a lot of that has to do with being able to, to stand up and deliver like they did against Texas. They're not inexperienced anymore, the young players. I mean, at this point in the season, although it is their first, and in credit to Pitt, I mean, they went after uh, Nebraska's freshman, Lexi Rodriguez, which was uh, not something you usually do, but Nebraska reacted, adjusted, and put it all together. It's a lot of fun watching Husker Volleyball perform and appreciate that greatness, their process, the training, and then those results and should be off the hook in Columbus about 6 tomorrow night. Great to be with you on a Friday. Hail Varsity. We're presented by the Nebraska Lottery. We'll check in in Columbus. Get some thoughts on volleyball and Husker basketball. Jacob Padilla next with Hail Varsity Radio. Hello, listener. Hey, it's Chris Schmidt with Hail Varsity Radio, and I wanted to let you know about a special deal just for listeners of the Hail Varsity Radio Show podcast. We're offering $10 off the annual subscription price of $29.99. That means that you, for less than $20, can get everything we do. 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all the premium content we produce at HailVarsity.com. Just go to HailVarsity.com backslash subscribe and enter in the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hail Varsity. That's HailVarsity.com backslash subscribe promo code GBR. And we're back. Fellas, I think we could listen to the radio listen? On Hail Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Yes! That's awesome! Thanks for spending time on a Friday. It's Hail Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal, let's head to Columbus on the scene covering Nebraska volleyball in their title run does an amazing job with husker basketball husker volleyball and uh patting the stats his column jacob padilla also two different podcasts to listen to on the Herdat family media channel uh lincoln preps uh, sports uh, high school coverage and of course nebraska basketball at jacob padilla underscores where you find him on twitter jacob what a what a what a scene last night what a win for nebraska what was it like covering that, uh, being courtside for it? Yeah, it was pretty cool. Um, not going to lie, especially, I mean, I, I've been lucky. Uh, I've been covering this program for seven years, and they've made the Final Four in four of them. <laughs> but the last few years, they kind of bowed out in the, the regional final round. So they, just, they haven't made it back uh, in, in the last few years. So um, kind of. It, it was pretty cool being back there in that environment, seeing the arena full and um, just kind of the production they, they put on for, um, for for the Final Four and really try to make it a big deal as it should be because, man, volleyball, the volleyball last night was absolutely phenomenal. That that first match between Wisconsin and Louisville went, went the distance and there was some really high-level uh, high volleyball in that match. And then was, uh, Wisconsin was just able to pull away in the stre- down the stretch. And then Nebraska to kind of rally from a really rough-looking first set. You kind of think, oh, here we go again. Um, do they just not have it? And they quickly turned around and won the last three sets. And 
uh, here they are with the chance <laughs> at another national title. But to go to, to do that, they're going to have to go through Wisconsin, a team they haven't beat in a long time. Jacob Badilla is with us, Hale Varsity Radio, at Jacob Badilla underscore on the scene in Columbus covering Nebraska and their title run. What were you anticipating after that first set, Jacob? Did you think Nebraska would be able to recover? Were you concerned about Nebraska's response? And ultimately here, why do you think it got sideways early for Nebraska and then what, what turned it around for him? Yeah, no, it's, I, I, I wondered how much of it was kind of uh, just first Final Four jitters. They had a lot of freshmen. Obviously, Lexi Rodriguez has been mm-hmm. phenomenal this entire season, and she really struggled in, in that first set in serve-receive and passing, and she's normally nails in those situations. So that was kind of uh, like that, and then everybody else kind of around her uh, played the same way. So I, I was definitely – uh, thinking, oh, this doesn't look good at the end of the first set. And then they go, and the very first point of the second set, uh, Nebraska lets an overpass drop on their side of the net for uh, a Pittsburgh kill. And then I'm thinking, okay, here we go again. But they uh, settled in from there, and they, they kind of they, – they first they picked up the serving after not really affecting Pitt at all in the first set. And then they, they adjusted to kind of the way that Pitt was playing. They, uh, I think Cook – so they, they tried to kind of prepare them for the tempo and the speed and the way that Pitt was going to play. But once they got out there on the court, the players said it was a little different than uh, kind of seeing it on film. So they kind of had to experience that in person and then adjust on the fly. And once they did that, they were, they were pretty locked in for the last three sets. And uh, that's kind of the, uh, I think, a little bit of the difference in where this team is at now compared to where it was earlier in the season where – there were a few matches where things did go sideways early on and they weren't able to, to recover from that. And uh, they they were able to do that on Thursday night with uh, a lot of different players making a big impact, but kind of Lauren Stiverin's down the stretch stepping up and showing why she uh, has had the career that she has in Lincoln. Jacob, did you get the sense that Pitt was getting frustrated with Nebraska's defense. It just felt like a couple times there were some long rallies where Nebraska was just keeping everything off the floor and Pitt would get impatient and hit into the blocker, uh, something like that. It just felt like sitting at home. I'm not sure how it felt in the arena, but sitting at home, it felt like Pitt was getting impatient that every single time that they were uh, trying to terminate, Nebraska was just keeping it off the floor. Yeah, and uh, I think one of Pitt's players said after the match that she didn't she didn't think necessarily that Nebraska's defense had a, a huge impact on the way they played. They, they thought she thought that they just kind of made mistakes on their side of the net. <laughs> so that was kind of an interesting answer. But it, it's what Nebraska's done all season long. They, they led the Big Ten in hitting percentage. They're ninth nationally in opponent hitting percentage. That is, um, they're, they're ninth nationally. Uh, and I think Kelly Sheffield, Wisconsin coach said today that he thinks they're the best defensive team in the country so that's something that has uh, that nebraska has been able to rely on pretty much every match all season long outside of a few uh, a few matches where they just didn't have it that night but they've been phenomenal on defense and that's allowed them to to get by uh, on those matches where they weren't necessarily hitting at, at their highest rate and even last night they only hit 239 like maddie kubik was at 222 so um like volume Volume, but not super efficient. Uh, Kayla Caffey had, had a bunch of errors late that kind of hurt her numbers. But you had Lindsey Crossy step up. You had Lauren Stiverin step up. 
Um, so you got just enough offensively to take advantage of what they're able to do defensively to slow down Pitt. Jacob Adillas with us, Hale Varsity Radio, Nebraska Volleyball, Wisconsin for the championship. Jacob, what what is it about uh, Nebraska-Wisconsin? We hear this war of attrition rallying cry. If Nebraska would have their pick publicly, they'd say, let's just see whoever we see in the championship. But do you think they want Wisconsin? Do you think they want to send a message tomorrow night? I know it's not been good. The matchup's not been good. But can it be different tomorrow night for Nebraska? Oh, definitely. I think they're kind of excited about the opportunity, kind of just like they were with Texas, where they're not going to necessarily call out Texas heading into the tournament once they found out they were in their regional. But they they definitely saw them like, okay, yeah, that's that's an opportunity here to kind of make up for something uh, that we fell short of in, in the past. And they took care of business in that match, and now here they are against Wisconsin again. And, you, and they've won, what, seven in a row or something like that now? But you look at the matches this season, and – in, in the seven sets, four of them were deuce games. Mm-hmm. And Nebraska just lost all, all of those, basically. And the one match, that, or the one set that was the most lopsided was the one that Nebraska won, that 25-14 in the first set against Wisconsin in Madison uh, in, in November. So um, I, I think they feel like they've got enough to beat Wisconsin, if they play at their highest level, they just haven't quite been able to do that yet uh, so far this season. But Lauren Stibbons also said she thinks they're a completely different team than the the one that played Wisconsin in November and light years away from the team that played them earlier in, in the non-conference. So, Jacob, if Nebraska is playing at their highest level tomorrow night against Wisconsin, what does that look like? What does Nebraska need to do on the floor to be able to take down the Badgers? Well, they're, they're going to have to find a way to not let Anna Smrek uh, go off because that's what happened the first time in Wisconsin. She's a six-nine true freshman middle blocker. And Nebraska actually did a really good job on Dana Retke in Lincoln. Uh, but Smrek kind of came out of nowhere and put up a career-high 12 kills. That's the only match that she had reached double-digit kills in all season long until last night where she went off for 20 kills and had 17 kills on her first 20 swings in the first three sets. So they're going to have to find a way to not let one person get that loose. I think you're going to have to find a way to, yes, you've got to send a lot of attention to Rhett Key and Grace Loberg and, and shut them down first, but you're going to have to do it without kind of exposing your defense to openings where someone like Smart can go off like that. So they're going to have to be locked in defensively. They're going to have to be on the same page. They're not going to. They're not going to be able to have a first set like they did against Pitt, where they're basically giving away a set and starting out in a hole. They're going to have to make Wisconsin earn everything they're going to get, and then they are going to have to have some hitters step up. It starts with the, the, the server receive and the passing to be able to put Nicklin Haynes in a situation where she can kind of pick whoever she wants, as opposed to dictating, uh, kind of force feeding the pins, but. If they're able to do that and they, they can go up and terminate, um, kind of like we saw against Texas where both freshman pins are really firing, where we saw Krause and, and, and uh, Siverins were, were having a lot of success against Pitt, that's what it's going to have to be. You're going to have to be locked in defensively, and then you're going to have to have multiple attackers play at a really high level and be really efficient. Jacob Adela is live in Columbus with Hale Varsity covering Nebraska volleyball. He's done an amazing job all year long. Give him a follow at Jacob Padilla underscore. And 
Uh, be sure to check out HaleVarsity.com for his post-match commentary and analysis. Jacob, just a couple of minutes, and we'll let you get out, bud. Uh, Husker basketball, Fred Hoiberg has spoken for the first time. His presser earlier this morning, or uh, closer to 11, I should say. But, you know, Fred uh, just kind of touching on uh, some bullet points, didn't really buy into the rumors. Uh, they're concerned about Matt Abdel Massey's health, and that's what the, the, the whole um, leave has been about. And then, oh, yeah, K-State comes to town, and, uh, and Walker's uh, dealing with a knee issue. What did you make of the week and the smoke around the program? Yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> it's an interesting time for them to, to have, what, seven, eight days off between matches or between games, right? Yeah. Just kind of they have a chance to distract uh, with anything on the court. It's just uh, been a quiet week. So when that happens, you kind of fill the space with rumors as opposed to focusing on on the encore play and all that kind of stuff. So um, we'll, we'll see. I mean, I guess we'll see if anything comes out of that moving forward, but they've got to, they got to worry about this game uh, on Sunday first, because that is a big time game. And if, if they're, if they drop that one, uh, if they're not able to take care of business in that one, after having this week off, being able to get um, healthier, um, obviously the Derek Walker deal is uh, is uh, worrisome because he's been kind of the one rock for you all season long that's been consistent that you can count on every game but if he's able to go and they're able to kind of put out the lineup that they want to minus Wilhelm Breidenbach and they're able to make some of the adjustments that that Hoiberg was talking about um, that he missed out on the opportunity to because of the illness if they can do all that put together and then get a win over another high major team in Kansas State who is probably, like, if you look at them compared to everybody they're going to play in the Big Ten, they'd be in the bottom two or three, uh, most likely, just based on uh, Kansas State hasn't beat a high major team either. They've been competitive in all those games, but they haven't won any of them. So this is a big opportunity for Nebraska to get a win to, and then hopefully carry that over into the Kennesaw State game, and then you can close out the non-conference uh, with a pair of wins and feel a little bit better about yourself because – their first, their first half of Big Ten play is going to be brutal, and they need every bit of confidence, every win under their belt that they can get right now. Jacob Padilla with us, SaleVarsity.com and Magazine. Uh, follow him at Jacob Padilla underscore Husker Volleyball. He is on, in Columbus for the Final Four in the title game Saturday. Jacob, uh, uh, best to you this weekend. Thanks for the time today. Yep, thanks for catching up. All right, we'll uh, hit on some of what Fred had to say more on the Husker Volleyball Showdown with Wisconsin as well. Hello, listener. This is Brandon Vogel, Managing Editor of Hale Varsity, and I wanted to let you know about a special deal just for listeners of the Hale Varsity Radio Show podcast. We're offering $10 off the annual subscription price of $29.99. That means that you, for less than $20, can get everything we produce, 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all of the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com slash subscribe and enter the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hale Varsity. That's HaleVarsity.com slash subscribe, promo code GBR. Chime in 402-466-ESPN or email the show, Chris at HaleVarsity.com. Just try me. Try me. Back to Hale Varsity Radio. Good to have you in on a Friday. It's Hale Varsity Radio presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. Good stuff from Jacob Padilla. 
on Husker Volleyball live from Columbus. So uh, be sure to check that uh, snippet out, the uh, full interview up on ESPN Lincoln's Twitter feed shortly. ESPNLincoln.com, the on-demand section online. Reminder about buckling up. Coaches make substitutions during the game to get the best player on the field. Getting behind the wheel after drinking also demands a substitution. Sober drivers are the only choice. A DUI costs more than you think. A message from the Nebraska Department of Highway Safety Office. So Coach Hoiberg met uh, the media today. It's been an interesting week. We go back to what was it? It's been a blur, Elijah. Was was Trev's <laughs> was Trev Monday? Was it Tuesday? Monday, Tuesday? I don't know. This week's felt like six years. Uh, Trev's statement about uh, the NCAA and Fred. Anywho, I believe that was Tuesday. It was the day before signing day, right? Okay, thank you. So you have Trev's comment now. Fred uh, had his media session today as Nebraska hosts Kansas State. And uh, here is uh, Coach Hoiberg uh, commenting when being asked about uh, the rumors swirling around the program. You know, I've never really concerned myself with rumors. And, you know, I'll let what Trev said with this statement, uh, you know, speak on behalf of our department. Uh, You know, as far as Matt, he came into the office yesterday. And as I've said all along since Matt took his leave, number one focus for me and for him is his health and to get – away from this uh, to focus on that. He's had a lot of things that you guys can't even imagine has happened to him uh, that he needed to focus on to get himself right as far as from a health standpoint. I'm not going to go into specifics. That's not my job. Uh, But Matt has had some serious issues that he needed to take care of in order to get himself healthy for his long run. You know, it's, it's all of us, guys. This is a crazy, stressful business. And when you have somebody more than a coworker, a friend, a lifelong friend, um, you know, getting healthy is the number one priority. Your health and your family are number one right now, and that's our focus with Matt. But as far as the rumors, guys, I'm not, you know, I know a lot of you reached out to me, and I'm not going to comment on them. And, you know, I'll let Trevor's statement speak again for, for the department. So that was Fred Hoiberg today, and uh, there was no Pink Floyd airing in the background, Elijah, with the uh – Funky sound effects. Yeah, that was did did you do that or was that just uh, that was just part of life? We we got to hear. That, that was a, <laughs> it sounded sinister. That was a little bit of a part of life, but I I checked <laughs> I checked what's going out. It sounded a little bit weirder for you and me than it did going out over the air. So <laughs> so I, I think luckily the, the the nice static of just going out over the air covered up a little bit of that. But it might sound a little bit weird if you're listening via the podcast form. Yeah, just because I mean, it sounded echoey. It's almost like the uh, the, the Halloween. Uh, music was playing in the background here as Fred's talking about rumors. Uh, last thought here from Fred uh, when it comes to the last two games where if you had Nebraska in 30 and a half, you still didn't cover. We're over this uh, illness now, and we've had very intense practices, and we just need that to carry over. You know, I know that means nothing when you say you go out and you practice well uh, if it doesn't carry over to the floor. So we changed things up, as I talked about, uh, offensively within our system. We've had about five days of work uh, to get it in. There's probably going to be some growing pains through it as we've changed it, but I just felt like I needed more control over what was going on out there on the floor. 
So, um, you know, changed some things. A lot of it was designed for Derek. And then uh, Derek had a little bit of a knee injury. He has not been on the floor the last two days. Uh, don't think it's anything serious. Hope to get him back on the floor tomorrow uh, to get one last good day of prep before this game on Sunday. But we did uh, change some things up, and, uh, and I've liked the way it's looked. Well, good. I mean, for Hoiberg, as far as kind of more control on his part, because it's not like the team has started poorly in their last few games, but man, they have sure drifted into one-on-one ball and, and bad shot taking and for sure not much shot making. So he's going to know how to attack about any defense he'll see. Kind of comes down to execution, and, and Andy Markowski nailed it this week, role acceptance, and if he's barking out the plays or it's a little less uh, laissez-faire, if it's more a dictatorship by Fred on offense, that could be good for this team. Let's shift gears and talk about the portal, the quarterback situation, and here's what's going on with that for Nebraska football. Max Johnson is off to A&M. That's Brad Johnson's kid. That was the other quarterback at LSU. The main com- competition is now gone in Baton Rouge. And, of course, you're going to have Miles Brennan. Now he's decided to, to take his name out of the portal and uh, stay at LSU. So there's that news. But I think there's a, a real possibility Elijah for Nebraska to go get Slovis from USC. I think both sides are pretty interested. And, you know, you, you kind of bump into fans, you talk with folks, you get emails, and it, it's kind of a hot, cold review there on Slovis. Initial reaction by Nebraska fans. I look at Slovis as a guy that put up 30 touchdowns, led him to an 8-5 and five season. He's battled injury issues. He's battled confidence problems. I think Coach uh, Whipple's a guy that can really help a quarterback's confidence. So if those two sides get together, I think it'd be a good thing for Nebraska. Uh, That's not to dismiss Smothers. That's not to to dismiss Harburg because I think Harburg's a guy that's got to be really excited about Whipple. And if I'm Whipple, I look at Harburg's measurables and say, man, this is a kid I can really work with and it could be a good thing. But in the short term, you look at Slovis – and I think you also just wait till after the bowl game because it's been very, very fluid. And you don't have to pull the trigger right now on on Slovis. Uh, that, that said, you don't want to miss out on an opportunity either. But I think a lot of the really high-level quarterback landing spots are, are getting snatched up. Now, uh, Old Miss is, is still open. Uh, Chubba Pretty is also the guy that – we need to keep our ears open for for Nebraska just because Whipple before he came to Nebraska was in home with Chubba and if I'm Chubba the only reason I'm listening to Pitt is because of Whipple (laughs) right well he's not at Pitt anymore so there's that and of course Adrian made it official Uh, he is off to Kansas State so do you have a preference would you go with Slovis or would you go with uh, with Purdy if you had a pick and just, I'm going to make it easy. Just go get both, Elijah. Let's make this thing crazy and wild this spring. My only 
problem. I think that's great on paper, but I think you're going to struggle to be able to sell two kids to come transfer here and say, oh, yeah, well, we're, also, I think br- you're we're, right. we're bringing in another <laughs> transfer. Uh, enjoy the competition because any transfer that comes here is going to be expecting to be 1A. I know they know where they're going to have to compete, but they're going to expect to come in most likely towards the top of the depth chart, if not the top of the depth chart. Uh, so really when I look at raw talent, what they've already done in a football field, Slovis has a, a special arm. And uh, I think you've you've got a lot more to work with with Slovis, so he'd probably be my top choice. I'll say this, too, about Slovis. I mean, it was a bleep show after his coach got popped two games into last season. There's been success there. There are worse options to go with in the portal than a guy that won a starting job over five stars at USC. We'll wind down this first hour. Hail Varsity, we're presented by the Nebraska Lottery. And now, and now back to Hail Varsity Radio. You're not going to hear anybody up here say anything poor about Nebraska. It's not because we don't want to give them bulletin board material. It's because there is a genuine level of respect for what is going on there. It's genuine. And um, uh, and we're excited. And so when, when you've got a one of the premier programs that have been through this, over and over and over again like they have and they have won so many I mean look how many white banners they have in in Devaney Um, we want a white banner you know just (laughs) (laughs) the white banners their national championship banners in in, in there and um, uh, that's something we've been close we've been painfully close and that's uh that's something that i think is driving everybody is to be we want in to that exclusive club that um, uh, that they are certainly vips in that is some kindness right there by kelly sheffield head coach of wisconsin huskers and badgers for all the volleyball marbles tomorrow night on espn2 that that was you know what? That was pretty sincere. You got to kind of step back, fold your arms, and, and nod your head. Hey, that was one hell of a compliment, Elijah. Uh, they've won 17 of 18 sets against Nebraska, but, man, the old VIP club, it's it, it's something that's a reality for Nebraska. I and We'll get Bill Dolman's take on this here. He's been all over Husker volleyball since the, the Terry Pettit days, but that's that's one way to uh, to kill with kindness, I guess, in a public setting. Well, yeah, and it's something we've talked about on this show before, and that's that Nebraska has been the gold standard of volleyball for about the past 20 years. And uh, it's like going up against Alabama in a national title game in football. Just as Vogel said yesterday, where last night's matchup kind of felt like Alabama versus Cincinnati, Nebraska is the Alabama of uh, the college volleyball world at the moment, whereas uh, you're not quite sure what's going to happen once you get them into a playoff setting. Whenever Alabama gets in the college football playoff, no one ever wants to bet against them. Bet against them. Even when you look at this year, where they lost to Texas A&M, they almost lost to Auburn. Still, no one's going to want to bet against them in the college football playoff because they're Alabama and they have been there and they've done that. It's the same with Nebraska volleyball. Now that they're in the championship game, no one wants to bet against them because they have been here and they have done that. And Wisconsin can't say the same. You're right on. Alabama football aspires to be Husker volleyball, right? (laughs) (laughs) A pretty cool tweet here from Terry Pettit earlier today. This 2021 version of Nebraska volleyball is a great example of grit. Grit is a combination of passion and perseverance. It doesn't happen by accident. It is choosing to adjust to adversity while embracing the goal of getting better 
rather than trying to be perfect. Coach Cook hit on that in his postgame comments about if it didn't go well for a certain point, get amnesia, move on, go get the next point, and don't let a mistake rattle you. In the words of Ted Lasso, be a goldfish. (laughs) Yeah, the old goldfish call works out well. And a lot of belief, a lot of joy for Nebraska fans as they are all in on volleyball. They're proud of this volleyball squad, this program, this dynasty. And it could be uh, another example, another banner, and uh, more VIP club for Nebraska tomorrow night. Bill Dolman's on the way. Parker Gabriel next hour. Clausburn and the bowl forecast comes up in hour two. A tale of our city were presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Pardon the interruption, but I'd like to save you some money. Hey, it's Chris Schmidt with Hale Varsity, and I wanted to offer listeners of this podcast $10 off the price of an annual subscription. That means that you, for less than $20, can get everything we produce, 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com backslash subscribe and enter in the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hale Varsity. That's Hale Varsity dot com backslash subscribe promo code gbr welcome to hail varsity radio the voice of husker nation insight opinion expertise with the biggest and best names talking nebraska across the state join the show on twitter at hail varsity and at schmitz underscore radio call in at 402-466 espn or 1-800-825-5865 here's chris schmitz Welcome to it. It's Tower 2. It's Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal, who gets to walk with that graduation gown tomorrow. Thumbs up to him. Coming up, Parker Gabriel and Clausburn. He's imaginary. He wears red. The bull forecast on the way around 540. We welcome in the pride of Fairbury, NBC Sports, and longtime uh, media man uh, covering Nebraska athletics, Bill Dolman with us and Bill Dolman on Twitter. Billy D, uh, you survived the the wind uh, the wind speeds out there in in Mile High Country. Yeah, I was a little worried about uh, the folks in Nebraska because I thought that it was entirely possible that with the winds blowing from uh, from west to east, that the winds from down uh, the smoke from downtown Colorado might find its way in Nebraska, and people in Nebraska might overrun the stores looking for Doritos, but I guess maybe that didn't happen. It's probably happened in Burwell or something. The supply chain shortage uh, and uh, <laughs> weed smoke from Denver and the lack of Funyuns in town is no accident. <laughs> I'm telling you, people people were, uh, in Denver were kind of walking around sober all day. So, anyway. <laughs> Well, hey, we'll get to some some thoughts here on Nebraska volleyball and, and your takeaway with the week that has been for Nebraska basketball in a moment. But uh, you're you're a big time wait and see guy with recruits. You've been a part of the, the the Nebraska athletic department, Bill, in your time in Lincoln when it came to recruiting. Uh, just as far as you know, your job is to pick up a recruit or or show them around. I mean, you, you've been a part of it with the university. 
and uh, kind of get your reaction here on the coldest Crawford, a wideout uh, from uh, from Shreveport, uh, Mickey Joseph, uh, delivering uh, a pretty big time get that that he has a chance to coach up and, and make really good. This kid's pretty talented. Speak if you can to to your reaction and impression of Mickey Joseph long-term, and what do you think of his short-term turnaround here, getting a kid he's known since 2019 uh, to find his way to Lincoln? Well, I think we all knew, you know, A, from having, you know, known Mickey years ago and seeing what he's done in his entire career and the willingness for Mickey to to put in the time, the hard time of coaching uh, at all levels. I mean, starting at what, Omaha, North or Northwest, and Wayne State, and every college in Louisiana, um, you know, Grambling, Louisiana Tech, and working his way up, you, you just know that that guy has a work ethic to get to where he is today. And so you really, really have to respect the grind that Mickey has put in uh, to get to where he is in his career. And he has a lot of credibility and the relationships with the coaches down, not just in Louisiana, but I would assume all throughout the Southeast and probably into Texas, that uh, this is a guy that is respected by high school coaches and they're willing to bring him, let him come in and talk to their kids and, and, you know, willing to steer them to wherever Mickey Joseph is. I mentioned this a couple of weeks ago when Brian Kelly was dropping his uh, fake Massachusetts, Louisiana accent, you know, that Brian Kelly's going to have to go into Louisiana and start selling guys on who he is as a, as a person, not just as a football coach. Um, You know, and I, I firmly believe that, you know, that, that act of that basketball game was a setback. People trust Mickey Joseph down south, and and I think that's one of the reasons why he's a valuable get for Nebraska, not just because of his Nebraska ties, but the relationships that he has built, the respect that he has earned to get to where he is, and now for Mickey to go to Nebraska, those coaches down there are going to say, you know, son, I think you need to take a look at Nebraska because we trust Mickey and what he has done. So I, I think, yeah, it's paid off. Um, and I liked what Mickey said, you know, in his comments. Uh, I'm not sure if it was about, you know, the coldest or somebody else. But he said, look, all the top programs have every building. They all have great locker rooms. They all have this. They all have all the bells, whistles, and toys. But what most of those programs don't have is Nebraskans. They don't have the culture. They don't have the passion. They don't have the friendliness, <laughs> you know, the character that, you know, makes Nebraska so special. You know, that makes it the good life. It's not for everybody, but it's for people who want to, you know, be in a place that's going to make them happy for four years or 40 years. And I think Mickey understood that when he when he came to Nebraska, he probably learned it over the time and has seen it from afar. So I think it's an easy sell for him to the guys down there to say, trust me, I've been here. You're going to like it here. Follow me here. And they have. Bill Dolman's with us. Hail Varsity Radio. Bill, uh, let's switch gears and get your takeaway on on Trev's statement Tuesday uh, on Fred Hoiberg. Uh, are there are there red tea leaves to read through it, or do you just kind of take it and say, okay, there's nothing to see here? A lot of smoke around the Nebraska basketball program. I don't bring it up to to just keep shoveling dirt or stir anything up, but I'd love from a media savviness perspective. What did you read into that, or did you read anything into what Trev said? Well, I think, you know, Trev's been, 
pretty upfront about things, you know, with the with the stuff with Scott back in what was it September October about potential violations with the Nebraska football program, and to come out and get out in front of this uh, with a statement, uh, you know, I, I I respect him for saying, all right, we're going to take this head on, we're going to address it, you know, what's going on there? Maybe there's something, um, you know. <laughs> I think Nebraska is a victim when it comes to college basketball as opposed to college football of Nebraska can, you know, be pushed out into the front where some of the other blue bloods, as I've been talking about for four or five years now, can be protected by my time for all of the other, you know, in uh, their indiscretions and you know, their outright, you know, problems with the NCAA. Kansas, has anybody talked about Kansas other than us? Uh, Duke, North Carolina's, you know, higher education scandal. That was systemic. You know, Arizona finally got rid of Sean Miller, but Nebraska doesn't have the blue blood status when it comes. So there might be a little bit of smoke. Well, let's jump on that. And we'll talk about that. Meanwhile, we'll just let the other thing play out and maybe die over time. So I think that's unfortunate. Um, you know, but I respect Trev for getting out there. Uh, I'm sure that what, when, when Trev took the job, nobody's going to take a job like that without, you know, taking a look at every, every team and every program, you know, that he may oversee. And so if there was something there in the summer to be concerned about, he probably started looking. Same with football, same with basketball, same with rifle, same with, you know, uh, volleyball. And I'm sure the John, the John Cook stuff was probably less than five minutes to take a look at, you know, what's going on with that program. But, you know, he, he's, he's out front, and he's saying, here's the situation, and right now they're saying there's, there's nothing going on right now. And I think that's, you know, where we, where we leave it. Do you think there is something down the pike, or is just folks with time on their hands and you know how this town can talk? You know, well, that's, that's partly true. Nebraska or Lincoln is a big, small town. Um, and can you read between the lines? Yeah, maybe. Uh, there's enough to read between the lines for him to come out and make a statement. Uh, and if you want to parse words like some will, um, then you can. Um, you know, we're, we're in an era in this transition from you can't do this to the NIL. And maybe there's some things that, you know, fell into a gray area that a year ago at this time you absolutely could not do to where NIL's coming coming in july let's get to july and then we'll take advantage of the new rules so is there a gray area that you know nebraska fell into that's entirely possible you know look at look at the the, the deon sanders signing the kid out of florida and everybody's up in arms that you know somehow some way this kid's getting some money well hell yeah he is a high school trophy winner made a million dollars last year Jimbo Fisher on a radio show said uh, was laughing when he uh, he said, "Yeah, guys, are, guys are getting theirs. They have been for years. Just now, you can do it legally, you know." So <laughs> the cat's out of the bag, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, and look who's and looking who has the new number one recruiting class in the country this year, Texas A and M, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, maybe maybe there were some things that they're looking into that fell into questionable practices before the NIL. I don't know. But, it, you know, as somebody who looks at it from, you know, reading between the lines and, and yeah, I could I could see where they may say, well, how did we get a five-star kid to Nebraska? And I'm not saying it's McGowan's. I'm just saying that, you know, maybe they're going, wait a minute, what happened here? And they go, oh, well, yeah, that's right. The new rules came in. Everything's okay. 
Have that at Kansas, Arizona, Duke, Oklahoma State, everybody else, USC, Creighton. Bill Dolman's with us, Sale Varsity Radio, at Bill Dolman on Twitter. Bill, to volleyball we go. Nebraska, another chance for another title against a familiar foe. What has stuck out to you about Coach Cook with this team in particular? Patience for one. Um, you know, I, I think this is one of the best coaching jobs that he has done. Uh, and he's, he's had some tough decisions to make. You, you bring back, you know, an All-American, Lexi's son, and you give her every opportunity, but you've also brought in the, the best high school player in the country. And, yeah, Lexi's got experience on her, but, you know, Allie Batenhorst has a ton of experience, played at the World Junior or World Juniors last, uh, last summer. Uh, Lindsey Krause and Rodriguez is the freshman of the year. People keep overlooking her, which is somewhat stunning. But, you know, for Nebraska to go through that lull in the, in the middle of the season where he's trying to figure out what the right combination is and to make a tough decision with Lexi's son and some of the others and, in terms of where they're going to play, and then to guide that ship uh, to where it has gone, uh, I think when, when the bracket came out, you saw Nebraska as a number 10 seed. I think anybody who follows that program pretty closely or follows college volleyball intimately is going – that's about the best 10 seed that's ever been in that tournament because Nebraska's playing really well right now. Everybody's kind of settled into that role. Uh, and it's not just John. His staff has done a tremendous job. But, you know, to guide that, you could just tell when they were going through that three-match losing streak that they're tweaking something right now that they need to find the right combination. And then, you know, they're able to get through it, get everybody bought in. Credit Lexi's son for being, you know, appears to be a very good teammate and cheerleader for her uh for their younger uh, teammates, I think it's been really remarkable. And I thought that win over Texas in all the years that I've been watching Nebraska volleyball, really, you know, since the early 1980s when I was in the SID office as a student to go into games and the matches and then calling them with the rise of Nebraska volleyball, that Texas match was one of the, the best matches I have ever seen outside of the Devaney Center or the Coliseum. And, you know, it's, it's Texas. People forget about this, but it was a match against Texas in 1988 that I firmly believe was the night that Nebraska volleyball exploded because they beat, they beat Texas in a five-set five thriller on Nebraska ETV, like four hours long. It was epic, and, and that's when Nebraska volleyball took off. I was fortunate to, you know, to have matches on television that I got to call. And, I, and I, that match the other night reminded me, you know, look at this. This is what ha- reminded me of what happened at the Coliseum in 88. And then to go down to Texas and do that to them on their floor in 2021, just, just spectacular memories coming to mind for, for Terry Pettit and John Cook and everybody involved. I mean, John said it was one of the biggest matches ever. And, and, you know, from afar, I agree. Bill, I've seen people on Twitter, both Nebraska fans and uh, rivals alike, saying Nebraska's just a volleyball school now. What's your take on that, <laughs> and do you think it's true? Fine. <laughs> Fine. I'm good with that. You know, let's take some pride in, you know, in the way Nebraska athletics has championed women's sports over the years. You know, uh, you know and I also think back to of the greatness of Bob Devaney. Uh, you take a look at a really big picture of this. You know, Bob Devaney was the athletic director from like 67 to 92 or 93. And, you know, at a, and, and they were so far ahead of other programs in embracing women's sports. You know, Jay Davis is a women's athletic director, or uh, Barb Hibner. But, you know, Bob hired Terry Pettit. 
Um, Bob, I think, hired Ronda Ravel in 92 or 93. Um, Gary Pepin with, you know, men's and women's track and field. And so they had great coaches way back when and the foresight to say, you know what, this is really important. We, you know, let's get some support for Nebraska women's athletics. You know, Angela Beck was hired with the, with Nebraska women's basketball. So, you know, fine if we're a volleyball school, great. But we're also we also great in softball and basketball. And you know, Bill Byrne did great in hiring in coaches too. But you know, fine if that's what we're recognized for is excellence in promoting women's sports. Fine with me. Bill Dolman's with us, Hale Varsity Radio. Hey, what Bill, about Strav and bowling, huh? Bowling championships. <laughs> Before we say goodbye, about a minute here, a thought on tomorrow night. Does Nebraska get it done against Wisconsin? I don't know. Wisconsin sure does seem like, a, you know, that team of destiny with all the players that have come back and they've got that formidable front line. And um, it, they just seem like the script has been written for them to get to where they are and to take that next step. But that next step is a really, really big one. Um, there could be a lot of pressure on them early. And if Nebraska goes in not feeling the pressure and with, you know, withstands Wisconsin like they did, you know, uh, Pittsburgh early and, and what was the Texas in that third set down there, uh, Nebraska's got a lot of resiliency to withstand storms. Um, but I, I look, I want Nebraska to win uh, everything, but I think Wisconsin has to be the favorite, but it won't surprise me if that last step for Wisconsin to take is just a little bit too much and they stumble and Nebraska takes advantage and wins it. Another banner, that VIP club. Bill, uh, about uh, 15 seconds, bud. Can we catch you on uh, the Olympic Channel this weekend? We've got biathlon in, uh, at Le Grand Bornand in France. 70,000 fans a day watching biathlon along the, along the trails of southeast France. And it is spectacular. Biathlon is a great sport. fun to watch. I just wish they had it in Nebraska. But that's where we'll be all weekend. Bill Dolman, NBC Sports. Bill, we'll talk next week, bud. All right, go big red. Pardon the interruption, but I'd like to save you some money. I'm Brandon Vogel, Managing Editor of Hale Varsity. I wanted to offer listeners of this podcast $10 off the price of an annual subscription. That means that you, for less than $20, can get everything we produce. 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all of the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com slash subscribe and enter the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hale Varsity. That's HaleVarsity.com slash subscribe, promo code GBR. And we're back. Fellas, you think we could listen to the radio? On Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Yes! That's awesome! Back with you, Tail Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Let's talk some Husker football. Parker Gabriel with us from the Lincoln Journal Star and Husker Extra PGs, where you follow him on Twitter. Parker, uh, crazy week, busy week. How you doing? I'm doing great. It has been a busy week, that's for sure. So uh, the news of the day this morning, you have Dakota's Crawford. Uh, wide out from Louisiana, committing to Nebraska. Uh, three-star prospect, great relationship with Mickey Joseph. And once you had the coaching change happen at LSU, uh, Mickey right on the spot. Let's talk about the player with Crawford real quick, Parker. What are some of your impressions of this get for Nebraska? Yeah, um, I mean, it's a good one, obviously, for, for, for a lot of reasons. Um, the, the biggest is just that he's a talented player. Um, he's bigger. Yeah, I talked to his head coach, Chad Lewis. 
um, at Green Oaks down in Shreveport, Louisiana. And, um, you know, Lewis just got there uh, recently to Green Oaks and said that the thing that jumped out to him was that he was every bit the athlete that he'd been made out to be. But then he also said the thing that surprised him was that he's bigger and more physical um, than he thought was going to get in terms of, you know, a guy everybody knows of because of his name. He, he burst onto the scene when he was a sophomore and he committed to LSU um, during his sophomore season in high school. And so for a guy that has that kind of profile and that kind of, um, you know, pedigree, he just said he's a, he works hard, he plays hard, um, he's, he's bigger and stronger than you might think he is, and, um, you know, he can go get the ball. And then on top of that, it's, it, it's important for Nebraska because uh, they got a quick win in Louisiana with Mickey Joseph down there, and he's a guy that a lot of kids in Louisiana know and, and follow and all of that. And so not to say that it's just going to open the spigot wide open from, from the bayou to Lincoln, uh, but it's certainly, um, you know, you can't say it's anything but a pretty good start in that regard for, for Mickey Joseph in Nebraska. Parker Gabriel with us on Hale Varsity Radio, Lincoln Journal star at Husker Extra PG on Twitter. You know, I think you nailed it with the – the win factor here, you immediately get a, a, a talented prospect out of Louisiana. The, the one thing that Nebraska, well, Nebraska got a lot of things with Mickey Joseph Parker, but credibility with some pretty high-profile recruits is one or 1A on my list on top of just how good a coach Mickey is. What were some of your impressions of Mickey with the, the roundtable? What stuck out to you about Coach Joseph? Credibility with players, Schmitty, but all, credibility with high school coaches and trainers down there too I mean I think that's every bit as, as important you know Chad Lewis the head coach at Green Oaks he said he said people down there are, are upset that he, he doesn't work in Louisiana anymore but not at Mickey obviously sure in general and he said he said not only will I always tell him if I have a player but I'll always tell him if I know of a player that I think can help him and that's just kind of you know he's from New Orleans um, it's his home state um, and it's an area where you know, they're not going to – Nebraska is not likely to do what LSU did, where every blue-chip receiver seemingly or player from the state ends up uh, at Nebraska. Of course, that's not going to happen because LSU is still there and you're in the middle of SEC country. But the ability to get in the conversation even um, and find the guys that are maybe looking for something different, that do want to do something different, like that that means a lot. And I thought it was interesting, you know, with, with Mickey, really sort of in that roundtable, like, like you said, he sort of laid out his process. I thought that was one of the most interesting things he said was when he talked about how he watches his guys cut up from Friday night games on Saturday morning before his college team plays and coaches them, calls them or texts them and says, hey, when you run a slant, you know, not so much football, you got to do this. And he's, so he's like, you got to start coaching them before they ever commit to you and build a real relationship with them, not just a recruiting relationship. And it's a little thing, but it goes to show you, I mean, that's how the best in the business do it, you know, and, and, and Mickey's got a long track record of, of being one of the best in the business. The thing that I thought was really sincere from Mickey is is the well-being aspect when it comes to relationship building, Parker. He's going to tell kids straight, look, there's some good folks in our home state and there's some bad dudes, just like everywhere. Why not maybe move away from home and, and experience a different environment that's pretty good spot to be? 
at? I mean, that, that'll connect with some parents. That'll connect with some of the kids that maybe are a little bit more mature, but it'll give them something, Parker, to think about, uh, you know, big picture, long term, you know, for the rest of their life. Yeah, no doubt. I, I was going to tell Mickey, like, he probably, I wasn't over there when he said so like, he probably shouldn't leave his keys in his car at this point. Um, <laughs> Especially besides it's that, 20 like, degrees. I, you're, I mean, you know, you're right, and that's one thing that um, <laughs> that has been part of the pitch um, for Nebraska and for Big Ten schools in general um, is that it is something different. And, you know, Frost said it, Scott Frost said it all through the pandemic and before that, that this is a great, you know, it's a great place. It's a family-oriented place. It feels um, like a small town, even though part of the recruiting pitch is that it's not. It's a city that, that feels like a small town and there's opportunity and all of that. Um, and I think, too, you know, it's interesting – like the coldest Crawford, while he was talking with reporters after he signed this morning, one of the things he said was that he likes the fact that it's his own path and that he's doing something different and that it's a challenge. You know, it's not easy. And, and, and Mickey talked about this on Wednesday, too. It's not easy to come from Louisiana to Lincoln. It's not easy to come from Florida to Lincoln. It's not easy to come from California to Lincoln. Um, but there's something to be said for the growth and learning that comes along with that as long as you have the support system in place while you're here where when you get homesick or when you're thinking about maybe going home or whatever which is inevitably going to happen at some point that the support system's in place to say hey we, you know we got you and all of that and that's one thing that i think mickey takes a lot of pride in because he's lived it you know he talked about how he felt that when he came to nebraska from from new orleans out of high school and that's chamfer people leave happens part of it's part of college athletics as we've seen obviously i think when you have confidence in your relationship with guys uh, you have a much better chance of of making it stick um and, and making it work with guys that are, aren't aren't from around here parker let's hit uh, some portal topics and you've got brennan that is elected to compete for the starting job at lsu you have max johnson that's headed to a&m a name that's kind of been on the radar since uh, earlier this week is Slovis out of USC. You have uh, the the Arizona connection with coach with Coach Whipple. A lot of it seems like every quarterback's out of Scottsdale, which would be awesome to, to be in Scottsdale right now. But uh, you know, how do you feel about Nebraska's chances? And and honestly, do you think Slovis could be a fit for what Whipple wants to do? I guess is there. Are there other quarterbacks out there that, that Nebraska may wait on post-bowl versus if they can pull the trigger on a guy like Slovis? And I'm not saying they can or they can't, but, you know, do you be patient or do you, do you like the fact that Slovis does have quite a bit of experience? Some of it was good, and then, of course, this year was not. Yeah, that's a, um, a big-time decision. You know, that's, a, that's why they get paid the big bucks decision. Um, if they could, if they can get Keaton Slovis in the coming days uh, versus waiting to see what happens, I mean, you know, it would take some gumption, especially, you know, the old one in the hand is worth two in the bush. Um, I think he's a good player. He's obviously got talent. He threw 30 touchdowns um, his first year as a starter at USC. You know, I don't – look, you can make excuses for anything, right? Mm-hmm. And the production is what it is. I think he was put – everyone at USC was put in a tough spot um, this year when – um, Helton was fired early in the season. Um, that's not a recipe for uh, cohesiveness and for, for success. And obviously they, they had a bad year um, and his numbers weren't great. Uh, if, if you can get a guy with that you know, level of talent, that's a guy who he's been around the block. He's played a lot of football. 
Um, that you're probably talking about not quite as steep a learning curve um, mm-hmm. or maybe a better ability to handle a steep learning curve than if you end up with a young guy. But, you know, I mean, they're going to, it's going to be an open competition too. Let's not count Logan Smothers and Heinrich Harburg out before there's even a transfer quarterback in the picture. Um, I don't know. It's going to be really interesting. I, I think that they probably want a guy in, in the fold as quickly as possible it's got to be the right one but i do think time is of the essence because i think it's important that nebraska i know frost said on wednesday he said maybe we'll get one if it's the right guy maybe we won't um and he played it like he wasn't concerned if they didn't end up with one i think they need one i think they need a guy just for numbers sake um and if you're going to take one you want to get the best guy you can get uh and so i i tend to think that it, it's the sooner the better for Nebraska in terms of figuring that out. Did you walk away listening and, and spending some time around Coach Whipple uh, thinking, all right, this was a, a pretty just quick, you know, first impression. This is a pretty money hire. I, I walked away going, man, this guy's kind of an old pro and uh, it's fun to listen to him. Obviously, he needs to. Yeah. To, to mesh everything, O-line, running game, his passing game, and then what Frost wants to do. But, you know, if, if I'm a Nebraska fan, I feel pretty confident in this guy's history and track record. And it seems like he's pretty easy to work with, and it, it sounds like his players loved him. Yeah, yeah. And I think one of the – okay, so I, I agree with all of that. And, and then I think the thing that stuck out to me maybe the most, and I'm, I am writing about this this weekend in the Journal Star, uh, is, you know – it sounded listening to him like this is a big undertaking, right? Mm-hmm. Like there's a new coaching staff. There's going to be a new quarterback, no matter who it is. Um, new ideas. You're going to tweak the system. Scott's going to give up play calling. All of this stuff. Like it is a large amount of earth to move to hit the ground running. And one of the things that jumped out to me, and then I went and you know sort of looked into it a little more, is like Whipple. He, I mean, he's been a coach for 40 years. He's changed. Jobs. He's he's gone from one school to another fourteen times in his career, and eleven of those times, it was the job he was taking was either a coordinator or a head coaching job. Like he's done this a lot of times before, in terms of getting somewhere, putting something in place, figuring out who your guys are, and trying to hit the ground running. He talked about going from being the head coach at UMass. The changing terminology entirely and, and having to coach Ben Roethlisberger, who was, just got drafted and was a rookie, you know, or he was with the Eagles and then he got hired as the OC at Miami, but it didn't get done until late January because the, the Eagles went to the NFC Championship game. And he said what he said, and I didn't verify this exactly, but the point stands is like from the time he signed with Miami to the time they began spring ball was like eight days is what he said. So <laughs> Like, he's been in this situation a lot of times in terms of getting a system in place and sort of hitting the ground running. And that is, like, so that's really important, I think, before you get into the guy can coach, you had a Heisman Trophy finalist this year and all of that. Like, that's all great. Um, but I think it probably gave Scott Frost a lot of comfort that Whipple's done this before. A heavy lift, the overhaul, you know, the marrying of systems and all of that, like, this is old hat to him, and that's good news. Doesn't guarantee success, obviously, but I think that's probably a big part of the allure for, for Scott at this point. 
Parker Gabriel, Lincoln Journal star at Husker Extra PG on Twitter. Parker, if we don't get caught up, uh, Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays to you and your fam. Thanks for jumping on today. Yeah, thanks. Same to you and, and everybody out there. Like what you hear, high-quality radio and podcast is part of what we do at Hale Varsity. Hey, it's Chris Schmidt with Hale Varsity Radio, and I wanted to offer listeners of the Hale Varsity Radio Show podcast $10 off the price of an annual subscription. That means that you, for less than $20, can get everything we produce, 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com backslash subscribe and enter in the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hail Varsity. That's HailVarsity.com backslash subscribe promo code GBR. He's in his 30s, but sounds like he was born with a stogie in one hand and a brew in the other. Now, say my name. It's Schmitty on Hail Varsity Radio. I got the body of a caught preteen Swedish boy. Back with you, Tail Varsity, presented by the Nebraska Lottery, Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. And uh, it is that time, and I think it's been about 10 years since the emergence uh, around this time of year of, of the infamous and imaginary Clausburn. He wears red, he cheers for Nebraska, and we've done the Friday forecast for, for quite a while. Claus, uh, happy holidays, Merry Christmas. How you doing? Well, right now, I am about the coldest I have ever been, and I will see myself out. There we go. Uh, drum roll, please. Tip your waiter. Try the veal. All that good stuff. Uh, big day for Nebraska getting a, a, a nice wide receiver from Louisiana Claus. And I know you follow recruiting. Uh, good work. Uh, and, uh, yeah, you, you can stay cold. Right. And uh, and do it that way. Let's uh, get into the forecast. And we've got a lot of games to get through. As uh, Nebraska, again, not in the postseason, but that doesn't mean we can't make picks to surely go wrong. We'll start off with UAB and BYU. I've not seen any opt out options for BYU yet. I know UAB's had a nice season. BYU's kept their coach, and if they would have uh, been allowed, uh, they probably would have been crowned Pac-12 champs. (laughs) They beat everybody. Uh, I think BYU handles this uh, pretty emphatically. Uh, 41-13, the win and the cover. Elijah? Well, to be uh, 100% completely truthful here, I don't think I've watched a single UAB game this year. I did watch a few BYU games, definitely not the team they were last year, uh, but they're still a pretty good football team. Simply for the fact that I don't know, I'm going to go for chaos, and I'm going to go for UAB to cover against BYU. Keep drinking, son. Love it. Claus, what do you say here, BYU or UAB? Well, I think it's pretty interesting that uh, BYU is giving six and a half points because it usually takes six and a half seconds for me to shut the door when they show up on my front porch on Saturday morning. I'll take the Cougars in this one. In fact, I think they ought to probably find a way to bet on themselves and use the winnings to buy some extra sleeves for those dress shirts they're always wearing. BYU 31 and UAB 17. (laughs) Oh, man. Uh, This is the Revenge Bowl. Pirate went off earlier this week on Texas Tech. 
He's still pissed about the $900,000 they still owe him. He went lawsuit. Craig James, Craig James Pugh kid, the alleged closet. And uh, I think Mississippi State's going to open a can of whoop uh, just out of revenge. Uh, eight and a half's too low of a number. I think the Pirate, assuming there's no brutal opt-outs, he hates opt-outs as well. Leach hammers his former team, 35-31. Uh, uh, I know Tech can score some points. Mississippi State's a pretty good ball club, and uh, they'll find their way to uh, to eight wins this year. I like uh, the Pirate against his former team. Give me Mississippi State the win and cover. Elijah. Yeah, Mississippi State is a, a good football team, and they've only been getting better as the year goes on. You're now giving them, what, three weeks of extra practice to be able to get ready for this game. I'll take Mississippi State 38, Texas Tech 28, a win and cover for Mississippi State. Klaus, you like uh, Mississippi State or Texas Tech here, minus eight and a half? Well, let's put it this way. If I were a Texas Tech fan, instead of watching this game, I might just lock myself in a dark closet for three or four hours, get the same amount of joy as I would watching this one. Mississippi State 56, Texas Tech 17. Big time win by uh, Mississippi State. This is intriguing. I know they've underdelivered. Both teams really have underdelivered this year based on their preseason prognostications. Clemson's gotten better, and uh, their air quote down year is still going to probably be a 10 and 3 season. They have just way more talent than Iowa State. Iowa State's a good football team, but they didn't really quite turn the corner after that uh, that landmark victory uh, they had midseason uh, over over Texas and I know Texas wasn't great but you know what why is Iowa State favored here minus one and a half I just I just don't get it it's kind of a pick and ball game I'm gonna go with talent over over heart even though it is it is kind of weird with with both coordinators gone. Uh, for Clemson. I think Clemson wins this thing. Uh, I think Iowa State just doesn't have enough juice. And uh, give me Clemson 35, Iowa State uh, 31, the win in the cover, a higher, higher scoring ball game. Uh, the Tigers win over, over Matt Campbell. Elijah? Yeah, uh, I'm going to go opposite you here. I think Iowa State played in a more difficult conference in the Big Ten in the Big 12 this season. Excuse me. The ACC just wasn't all that great this year. Clemson wasn't all that great this year. I think Iowa State has had some tougher tests on their schedule. So I'm going to take Iowa State here to win in a close game, 28-24. The Cyclones get a win and cover over Clemson. Claus, you going with the Cyclones, bud, or are you going with, uh, with Clemson? Well, I think it's interesting that the game is sponsored by Cheez-It because – Jesus, much like Matt Campbell's coaching resume, looks good. People seem to like it, but really a lot of empty calories. <laughs> I'll take Clemson in this one, 31, and Iowa State, 21. Clemson, a 10-point win. The battle of OUs, it wasn't that long ago. These were two teams trading blows on a ABC Saturday night for the non-conference games in the mid-2000s. Oregon right now. Uh, in some transition with a uh, an interim coach, as is Oklahoma before Venables gets there. The Sooners minus four and a half. Oregon, I think, can can get this done. I think Oklahoma is still reeling from Riley. I like the Oregon outright win, uh, even with the points. But give me Oregon thirty-one, Oklahoma twenty-seven. Uh, I like Oregon in this one, Elijah. 
Uh, I'm uh, going to disagree with you here. Oklahoma is simply better along the lines of scrimmage. I think that's what's going to get them the victory. I think they're going to be able to run the ball well, and I think they're going to be able to, to get after Oregon rushing the passer. So give me uh, the Sooners to win big, 38-21 over Oregon. Klaus, what do you like here, Oregon or OU? Well, speaking of both sponsorships, I think this game probably ought to be sponsored by Indeed since both schools seem to always have coaches brushing up on their resumes. I think Oklahoma is not nearly the team that we thought they were, and I think Oregon is probably trying to wash the taste of that Pac-12 championship game out of their mouth. So I'll take Oregon in this one, 28, and Oklahoma, 21. We will save the uh, Bama, Cincy, Georgia, Michigan showdown here uh, for a little bit later. Uh, quickly, Penn State, Arkansas. Penn State just has been underwhelming this year. I like Arkansas on the lines of scrimmage. Penn State's favored. I'll take the points, and I'll take an Arkansas win outright, 31-28. Elijah. Yeah, I'm with you, too. I'm going to go just a little bit lower scoring, but I'm going to take Arkansas outright as well, 28-24, for the same reasons you listed. Class, you like Arkansas or Penn State? Listen, there's a lot of material between squealing like a pig for me and Penn State, but I'm going to be the bigger man. And Oh, goodness, I just thought of another joke. I better just give you my score before I get us canceled. 28 to 24, Arkansas. We'll do that ourselves, Claus, but love your love your thoughts anyway. We'll wind down the forecast here. Uh, still to come, Oklahoma State, Notre Dame, Iowa, Kentucky, Michigan, Georgia, and, of course, Bama Cincy, the forecast, the bull forecast with Clausburn as we wind down a Friday with Hale Varsity Radio. Like what you hear? High-quality radio and podcasts are just part of what we do at Hale Varsity. I'm Brandon Vogel, Managing Editor. I wanted to offer listeners of the Hale Varsity Radio Show podcast $10 off the price of an annual subscription. That means that you, for less than $20, can get everything we do. Ten issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all of the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com slash subscribe and enter the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hale Varsity. That's HaleVarsity.com slash subscribe, promo code GBR. Miss us? Come here, brother. Give me a hug. Bring it in for the real thing. We're on call for you. Catch the podcast at HaleVarsity.com, the ESPN Lincoln app, or download them on iTunes. Saddle up, partner. Back to Hale Varsity Radio. One final time, be sure to check the podcast out, Hale Varsity Radio, Spotify, iTunes, Google Play. And uh, get caught up with this good, bad, or ugly. We'll take the review. Thanks for the feedback. And uh, back tomorrow morning with the weekend edition, 7 to 9 a.m. Myself, Mark Cranach. Let's continue the forecast with Clausburn, Elijah Herbal, Chris Schmidt. Thanks for hanging out on a Friday with us. As uh, we head to Oklahoma State, Notre Dame, Fiesta Bowl time. Irish uh, without a coach, but I think uh, the team really loves their well, their new coach, the defensive coordinator, Hokie State, man, what could have been, but they always seem to stumble. Do they end up with a 12-win season? I like this Oklahoma State defense, and I think they, they get it handled uh, at noon on New Year's Day. Give me the Cowboys the win, and it's uh, minus two Notre Dame. 
But uh, Oklahoma State uh, 24, Notre Dame 21. Elijah. I don't think Oklahoma State has enough offense. This Notre Dame team, in my opinion, was the best team to be left out of the college football playoff with their only loss this season being to uh, a playoff team in Cincinnati. So I'll take Notre Dame to win this one and cover. Uh, I think they win by about a touchdown. Give me Notre Dame 27, Oklahoma State 20. Claus, you like the Cowboys or the Irish? Well, it's funny because I have a little bit of a connection to both teams. See, I drive through Oklahoma a lot, and I'm always praying to God that it doesn't last too long. So <laughs> really hard for me to pick, but I suppose I'll go with Oklahoma State on account of their defense, 21, and Notre Dame, 17. Iowa and Kentucky. Kentucky a good season, 9-3. and three. Iowa at 10-3. and three. Iowa got just blasted. I like Kentucky's offense. I like their uh, their athleticism, and I like Kentucky's defense. So um, the, this minus three is pretty low. Give me the the bluegrass state over uh, the the other white meat. Uh, Twenty eight to uh, to seventeen. An impressive Kentucky win, Elijah. Yeah, this Iowa team is in free fall. They needed a comedy of errors from Nebraska to beat Nebraska, and then they uh, they got the, the they got it. They got the brakes beat off of them against Michigan. I really don't think this Iowa team is good enough to even get close to covering three points against Kentucky. Kentucky's coming from the SEC. They're a good team this year. Give me Kentucky thirty-five, Iowa ten. Claus, you going with Iowa or Kentucky? Well, I just get the feeling that Kentucky could take the entire Bourbon Trail tour themselves sample everything and still not be able to make the mistakes that we did to allow Iowa to win. So I'm going to take Kentucky in this one, 31, and Iowa 14. On to the uh, semifinal. Give me Bama 42-28, the win and cover for Roll Tide. Elijah? Upset of the year. Cincinnati gets it done at 35-31 over Bama. They're on to the college football playoff national championship game. My goodness. Uh, Claus, what do you got? Does Elijah realize that it's not the Bengals that Bama is playing? It's the Bearcats? There's no way. I did often wonder why Luke Fickle would be in such a hurry to get out of Ohio State when he was an assistant for Herb and go take a job like Cincinnati, but I guess that question was answered this week. I like Luke. Don't like his team. I think Alabama wins going away 38 and Cincinnati 21. Georgia-Michigan minus... What do I got here? Eight minus eight. I want those points, and I like Michigan. I think Michigan wins outright. Run game, defense, uh, and there you go. Uh, just enough low scoring, 24-21 Michigan. Elijah? I think Jordan Davis is the best run stuffer in football. He's going to uh, slow down Michigan's run game. Georgia gets a 14-point win, 31-17. to Claus, let's wrap it up for the new year, brother. What do you like here? Georgia-Michigan. Well, I, I really like Michigan in this one. I think they got a good offense, a good defense, but most importantly, I think those Georgia boys are going to be a little bit confused by the khakis and spend most of the game wondering how they could possibly turn those into Georgia. So I'll take Michigan in this one, 31, and Georgia 21. Claus, you have a great New Year's Day, all right? Okay. Dr. Mignano with Hale Varsity. A Huda Media Production.